So this trip that we got to go on was really awesome and I'd just like to start by saying that if you haven't been on a missions trip and you're looking at going on one, just do it. Don't wait and make up an excuse like, oh, I won't be able to get the money together, oh, I don't have the time. Just go and God will make the time. He'll get the money for you and you'll be able to go on the trip um, because it's what God wants. He wants the word spread to people, so there's no reason why he would keep you from being able to go. <laughs> um, so in this trip, uh, there was a lot that we did. Um, we ended up having seven services in total that we went to, and um, instead of starting at the beginning, I'm going to start with the very end with the last thing that we did. <laughs> so um, we had a service uh, Sunday night, and on Saturday when we were doing our seminars, um, a lady from another church had walked in because she heard us playing music and stuff at the seminars. And so she came in, heard the music, listened to the seminars, and then Sunday night she came back whenever we were at that same church, and she came up to uh, Brother Luke, who is the missionary there in Costa Rica, and she was like, I want you guys to come to my church um, so that my people can feel the same thing that I feel here. Um, this lady was from a church that I believe they were Assemblies of God. Um, and so it wasn't a UPCI church. Uh, we were literally just all exhausted by the time we got to the service, but we're like, hey, it's just one more service. We're gonna do it, we're gonna get through it. God's gonna bless it. Um, so we got to this service and it wasn't a UPCI church, so I knew I wasn't supposed to be expecting like what I expect when I come to like our church or another UPCI church or an event or anything like that. But it was a little bit more different than what uh, any of us had probably expected. So um, we were in charge of the whole service. Uh, they let us do all the music, the preaching, all of that. Um, so we go and we start our worship set and within, oh, I don't know, five seconds of starting our worship set, the whole praise dancers come up in front. They all have matching uniforms and tambourines and scarves, and they're just waving their tambourines and scarves around and just dancing along to the music. And uh, being at a UPCI church, you're used to people dancing, but not a whole ensemble coming up front in matching uniforms, just waving flags around. And so it kind of like threw me off at first, and I'm like, okay, this is different but we'll get through this <laughs> and so then uh we go to take up the offering and when we go to take up the offering uh before that we had all decided we were going to the front we weren't going to let their praise team right. out praise us right. so we went up to the front and kind of pushed them back they had to get back because there were too many of us that ran up front to start praise dancing <laughs> and so uh then we went to the offering and we went to the offering this guy pulls out a giant flag and just starts waving it around. And we're like, come on, God, we just got rid of the praise dancers. Now there's a guy walking around the church waving a flag around. So after the offering, he was gone. Then we got back out and we started doing a slower song. It was Break Every Chain. And the praise dancers didn't come out. And we're like, oh, finally, we've done it. We've gotten through. And then about halfway through the song, it's getting towards the end of the song. It's getting quiet. All of a sudden, 
the guy walks up onto the platform and picks up a ram's horn. <laughs> and we all are just standing there just waiting and he's just standing there and it gets real nice and quiet and then all of a sudden all you hear is <laughs> and we're all like what is that noise and then you look over and you see him just standing there just blowing this ram's horn as loud as he possibly can and we're like any more distractions want to pop up at this point because we're like we're like it's so hard to just focus on the worship and everything with that many distractions coming at you so we got done with that service and everything and i was just thinking to myself um that those people in that church uh had all of these like shows all of these gimmicks and they all worshiped really hard but they didn't have a full truth. They only had pieces, but they still put that much effort and energy into something that wasn't truth, that wasn't uh, a full truth. So it got me thinking that how can we let people who don't have a full truth out praise or out worship us when we know the full truth. We know that there's one God. We know in Jesus' name, baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit. So that just kind of hit me, and uh, so I didn't really get to say any of this during our like little meeting because we hadn't had this service by the time we did this meeting. But that service just really like changed my focus and stuff. So now it's my turn. Um, this was my first missions trip, and so. Everything over there was, you know, changes your perspective. And so one of the things that really stood out to me was all of their churches didn't have AC. And I sweat a lot here. So I sweat even more there. There was one service in a church in Hako. Hako, not Chaco. And so they're building. During service, the front doors were open to let Aaron. There were windows, but not like our windows. They didn't have glass, just bars. So during worship and all that, you have all these people in this building just hot and sweaty. And then you have bugs flying in through the windows. And it's a lot to take in whenever you're worshiping and you just got bugging in here. And so there was that service. Then one of the better ones was in Pavas. On Sunday, we split into two different groups to go to two different churches in the morning. I went to Pavas, and they didn't have AC, but they had electric little fans like we have in the back, only smaller versions hooked into the ceiling. And so... That was better than standing in the heat, but you were still sweating a lot. Yes. And so, but to see them worship yes. with right. just all that heat and right. Right. sweat and disgust, uncomfortable, <laughs> just, and then to have them worship on top of that, right. whenever you get back home and you, you're in this nice building with right. the air and the AC, and right. I'm not 
really sweating that bad right now. And so it's like I could be worshiping so much more. So there was that. <laughs> and so then in the final service, the one that we did on Tuesday, we all got together, and like he said, we pushed back the praise team dancers, and so we were all just up there together, worshiping God. Yes. Uh, you should have seen the determination on Pastor's face. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, it, you know, it really changed my perspective on, like, worship. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's what I got out most of this. I'm just grateful and thankful that I got a chance to go to the uh, Costa Rica uh, mission trip. And uh, I want to try to cover some of the uh, pictures that I have there. Uh, if I could sum up the whole trip, it was about the whole team being in one mind and one accord. Yeah. You know, And by being in one mind and one accord, the anointing power of God's spirit was able to minister yes. through the people yes. to the people. Okay. So this picture up there is about one of the ladies that I met at one of the churches. Her name is Velma. And, uh, you know, we was kind of talking back and forth uh, through Brother Miguel, of course. <laughs> and uh, she gave me, her, she wanted to give me her testimony. And her testimony was that she had had open heart surgery and that they expect her to live. And they had placed her phone on her shoulder in the surgery because they was expecting to um, call her family. But through all of that, in her church, they believe that she's a living miracle yes. there, that she recovered from all of that. Yes. So the next slide, or the next picture, is when we was able to minister in the seminar. And myself, Brother Ted, and Sister Crystal taught on time, talent, and treasure. But that wasn't the most important part because the people there were so hungry for the word of God. You know, this guy in this picture was literally writing down every word that we were saying, right. you know, taking notes. We didn't have slides or anything, right. but he was writing down every scripture, every sentence, and every word. That's how hungry they were. Yes. Okay. So the next one. Uh, this is one of the services of one of the churches that we went to on Sunday morning. And every church that we went to, the people were so friendly, yes. so kind, so hospitable, right. yes. and they was willing to uh, give us a dinner meal after the service, you know. And uh, this is in the center of the church because once the church service was over, right. they just pushed back all the chairs, yep. put the uh, tables there for dinner, mm -hmm. and served us, you know. And I was very appreciative for that. Yes. So the next one, uh, this is another uh, church service here where the people that's in the, on the uh, platform is Brother Luke, I think Pastor Dummett, and Brother Miguel and Tyresha. And, I just want to thank Pastor Dummett for all that he done to coordinate everything that we had because it was went so much smoother than the previous uh, mission trip that I went on. And to thanks to Brother Miguel for his interpreting because, I mean, if you had uh, three ministers preaching and people giving their testimony and he was literally, you know, preaching along with them, interpreting, you know. And then also for Brother Luke, you know, him being separated from his family, but this guy is one of a kind, amazing person, you know, 
uh, just all fun, but all serious too. You know, he has a heartbeat for mission. You know, he has a heartbeat for the people there. You know, he was willing to do anything to support us or to accommodate us there. You know, and for him to be away from his family and from his baby, you know, I commend him for that. You know, and the next slide. So I think this is my last one. And what I can say about this slide, this is the whole team that went on the Gospel Go mission. And just like to sum it up for what Brother Cooper preached this morning, you know, being one body, being one team, and being on one accord, you know, because each and every person on that picture had a different purpose for being there. Whether it was praise, whether it was preaching, whether it was prayer, you know, we all had a part. And I think for us to be so effective there, to minister to the people, it's because of the prayers before yeah. we left and the yeah. fasting that made a big difference right. to be in Guatemala, uh, Costa Rica. So that's what I appreciate by going on that trip to be in one mind and one accord. Yeah. Yeah. I won't break this mic. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'll start off a little lighthearted. Um, I learned on this trip why I don't stay up past 11 o'clock anymore. I tried to rally so hard with the young adults. They added me to their group chat, and I felt so cool. They added me really late, but they added me when I found out about it. And I stayed up with them, and we had so much fun talking and eating snacks and getting to know each other. And on the flip side of that, while we had a lot of fun and we laughed, you know, I got to learn or hear testimonies, a lot of what our young people have lived through in their young lives. And specifically, you know, Lisa gave a fraction of her story to me and it moved me. I, I'd never known so much about Lisa and why she is the way she is and, you know, who she is for God now has so much to do with her childhood and the way she grew up. And so it was just special to spend that time with the young adults and pretend that I was young again. <laughs> Yet that young again, I'm still young. Um, and then on the other funny part, Kyle mentioned that he saw like the termination in Pastor's eyes. I saw the eye of the tiger in Pastor's eyes two times. The first time was when he pushed the praise dancers back with his worship because it doesn't take all that, right? You know, we God gives us what He wants from us. You know, we just got to give it right back. So, um, and the second time was when we sat through that 6.3 magnitude earthquake. I saw the eye of the tiger. He was like, charge! We were out, out the door. He led that charge. So. It was, it was fun to hang out with everyone. In all seriousness, the trip was wonderful. It was such a wonderful experience. Um, it's hard to express, you know, just how much it meant being important to go. Oh, we did so many wonderful things like Kyle and everyone else shared. Um, Pastor Dummett did the best job organizing it all. Um, he balanced the fun and the downtime before services with what we were planning to do to impact Costa Rica overall and the churches. Sister Allen said they are hungry. They don't have the resources we have. We take it for granted. So it was just so wonderful to see how well orchestrated this was. We have such a dynamic leader in Pastor Dummett and Sister Kathy. And, you know, it was just wonderful to see him in action again after all these years. Um, but I don't know if anyone else has said it. It was hot. It was so hot. I don't think I've ever sweat so much in my life. And I have a busy boy on my hands. So that's really saying something. It was just uncomfortable. But I think that was that was part of it um, for me. I think what really moved me, and some of you have heard this already, was in one of the warmest, most physically uncomfortable services. We had sweat pouring down our legs. It was so hot. There were bugs 
flying into our faces. When Pastor or Brother Rob Yardnicek was up preaching, it was hitting him in his neck. Bugs were flying into his suit coat. It was getting stuck in our hair. It was physically uncomfortable. It was unbearable. I think Brother Luke Campbell said, I don't think there are this many bugs in Costa Rica like there are in this church tonight. <laughs> like, I didn't think there was this many bugs in the whole country. So it was just uncomfortable. And I was sitting back, taking it in, trying to get into the worship and not fall out um, for a heat stroke. And there were children then that made their way up to the front when the music started. And they began worshiping. And not just, you know, just swaying side to side. No, they were dancing before God and together. And they did not stop. They worshiped. And when the songs were over and they turned back to go to their seats, they were drenched in sweat. And it warmed my heart. That warmed my heart in that moment. But what really impacted me came later. And you see the picture on the screen, the kiddos that my dad introduced me to. I went to the altar that night and I saw two of the girls, the two standing closest to me, Nicole and Brittany. Um, they were kneeling on the altar praying. It wasn't any cooler then. It was still just as hot, maybe hotter, because brother... You know, Rob brought the house down. So they were kneeling to pray. So I thought, well, I can't speak their language, but I can pray with them. And God's will over their life. Um, they won't know what I'm saying, but God will know. And so I, too, knelt down on the hard floor. And within seconds, I was dripping with sweat, praying with the two young girls. And in my carnality, I started thinking, man, I really need to take a break. I'm hot. I'm uncomfortable. I feel bugs on me. I'm itching. My knees hurt on this basically concrete floor. And so I opened my eyes and I looked over at these girls and she had a jean skirt on and her jean skirt was soaked from her tears. It could have been sweat, but I saw the tears pouring down her face. And in that moment, God dealt with me about my own laziness and putting my comfort and my son's comfort back home first. So it's not about me. You know, it's not about how my son feels or what's comfortable in the moment. It's about what God's trying to do. And maybe I didn't understand everything and they didn't understand me, but I felt the presence of God. I felt it when I was praying for those girls and their desperation is not like anything I've seen here. We're not that desperate because we don't have to be. It's so convenient and comfortable. So that's what I took home from the trip. That's why I would encourage everyone to go that hasn't gone. We all take something different. You know, it gives me perspective and you'll gain perspective on what this is all about, what this life is all about. It's not about the material things and our comforts and well, I'll pray a short prayer because I'm just so tired. You know, these girls lay there in their sweat and tears until they got what they needed. And some of these people, you know, they might not have felt what they felt that night ever before and they might not ever feel it if we don't go, you know. So I learned so much about myself and the countries outside of the United States, how they live, how they worship, and it was just life-changing. So one of the biggest things that I took out of Costa Rica was how they prayed. Every person prayed before service. They went up to the altar, whatever it was, be it little or big, then they prayed. They prayed during service, they prayed during worship, and they prayed during altar call. Everyone went up. Not just a couple, all of them. In this particular service, this was at Pavas, you couldn't move. Everyone was all together praying, and to pray with each other, you just kind of moved in a circle because that's all you could do. 
Um, this is Brother Rob praying for the pastor. The biggest thing that affected me was when I, we went to Costa Rica, I thought, I'll be, I'll be singing, because that's what I do. <laughs> but I wasn't on the praise team, because we had a lot of really 15-year-old girl. She fought getting the Holy Ghost. She kept putting her hands down, but we'd lift them back up, and we just kept praying for her. We didn't have an interpreter. The three of us just kept praying. Eventually, she finally got the Holy Ghost, and it was the most powerful thing I'd ever seen. I grabbed her, and I hugged her, and I know she couldn't understand me, but I know that God has big plans for her. And I told her that. And I hope that one day she sees that. I'll keep her in my prayers. <laughs> Soaking wet, and so is everybody else. I mean, you were sweating. 
I was this close from losing my voice because I was not preaching, but I was translating everything pretty much. So every time somebody got up there, I translated for them. They had a couple people there that helped translate it, but for the most part, I was doing the translation. And Brother Luke took me, took me for a couple of spins because he'll try to speak in Spanish and then English. So he'll say, okay, I will talk to them in Spanish and you translate to English. And then halfway through, he will switch to the different language and I'm going like, what? what's going on here? You know. But we got through to it. I'll tell you a story about Luke. You get in front of a church and he's up there just talking to them in, in Spanish and nobody translated for him. And he did a good job. He told me later on that he felt like he couldn't get through it, you know, like he was kind of rough. And I said, Brother Luke, I have to tell you something, brother. Because I told him, I said, I'm trying to help you with how to say the proper terms in Spanish so you learn. When I was learning English, because English is my second language, so when I was learning and I would mispronounce something, people would make fun of me and I'll go, okay, have all the fun you want, great, but tell me how to say it correctly so the next time I can do it. So I told him, I said, you know, if you say something incorrectly or you got the correct tense, incorrect tense, or you calling a man a woman and a woman a man, I'm gonna tell you how to say it correctly. Because in, in Spanish, everything has a, a, it's a male or female, like this right here, you can say it is a, what is this? A podium, the podium. Well, in Spanish, it's a male, it's a, a, something, in, in the, the chair, for you it's the chair, but for me it's a female. La silla, la silla. You know? so, and so if you will say something incorrectly, I will quietly tell me, you guys said this way, this, oh, okay, okay. And I said, you know, this is how I learned somebody correct me the first time and I get it. I said, well, somebody's going to have to correct me five or six or ten times. <laughs> but Luke gets up there and he's talking to the church and he's going on and on and on. I went to him later on and he said, I don't think I was flowing. I said, you did pretty good, brother. But when you got to talking about Genesis and you told them that, you know, God created Toro. He, he created Toro. And I said, you know, Todo is God created everything, todo. But when you say God created todo, you just told him that God created a bull. <laughs> and God created a bull, and he really created a bull. <laughs> he said, I did? I said, yeah, brother, you did. But you know, he did create bulls and everything else. So you were not incorrect, you know. But instead of saying todo, you say todo. Then the next day we went to the nature park and there was two bulls sitting there, and I said, God's creation. <laughs> he was like, amen. But, so we had a lot of fun. Every church has something unique. You heard about the church of Anastasia described where the little kids went to the front and they were sweating. But it was, I mean, you saw them come through and you're like, what's going on here? You know, we saw other churches. Once again, we can talk how hot it was and all these different things. But seeing people getting baptized right there at the end of the service was amazing. And then the pastor preached a message on Sunday. And he says six is the number of men. Six times this, it was men do it. But the seventh time is God's, God's doing. The number seventh is God's doing. So he preached all this, gave him so many examples and all these different things. That lady that you talked about, she came in, you talked about her. She came in Saturday and listened to the music and got grown in and she came to me and said, how do I get connected with you guys? And I said, well, wait a minute. Let me get the missionary. Let me get the pastor from this church and get you guys connected. She said, I'm coming back tomorrow. 
So she came back on Sunday. The pastor preaches the number six. And then Sunday afternoon, she says, I want you guys to come to my church and preach at my church. And the pastor said, I don't know about this. We don't have the money for the bus. Tuesday is kind of the last day we're here. And went on and on and on and on and on. But he said, we're not saying no. We're just going to kind of hold off. Well, it turned out that we ended up going to the church. And you heard all the things that happened there. But one of the most important things to me that happened in that church, behind, besides the horn and service, they said it. We have a lot of things that broke through in this service today. The seminars that we did on Saturday, I, I heard so many good things about it. But one of the most nicest things that I heard is the pastor from that church came to me and I, I said, wait, 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 you, let's go get the pastor and let's go get Luke. Because he said, we missed the mark. Not us. They did. He said, we completely missed the mark. We thought that we we're going to have a bunch of gringos, which is a slam name for Americans. We're going to have a bunch of gringos come here and do a couple songs. And then after that, they're going to do a service and leave. But you guys did this seminars. And he himself said it. I have, I have heard things in here that I never heard in my whole life. I'm going to take this. And there were people taking notes in every class. I'm going to take this and I'm going to teach this to my church. And you guys need to come back and I need to have a bunch of ministers and pastors and everybody else in here to hear what you guys were saying. It was amazing. It was amazing. So we went to the services. We did all these things. The pastor did thing, the same thing. We had the teams. We had a, a, an outstanding team. Everybody had a purpose in that, in, that, in that group that was there. Whether it was singing, praying, translating, Speaking broken English or broken Spanish, singing in whatever language they thought they were singing or what have you, they were reaching out to people, you know, and people were moving and they were singing for a long time, okay, because people kept moving and sweating, you know, and they had a song that they were singing about, you know, foundation are shaking, and I can't sing, you know, but they were singing all that and all this stuff, and then we go to the restaurant. And we're sitting there, Sister Crystal was sitting across from me, and then they had a, a video screen, just a pull-down video screen at the end, to the right of us. The whole church has like metal, corrugated metal decorations and all kind of stuff in there. The restaurant, I mean the restaurant, corrugated metal and all this different stuff. And we're sitting there and the tables go. And then the screen goes whoosh. And the wall seems like they went rawr, rawr. And it looked like sounded like somebody was shooting or doing something in the back. And they looked at me and I go, that's an earthquake. <laughs> well, what happened to the foundation started shaking? And they, they were gone. <laughs> said, All right. And then our table felt like it went like this. You know. And the wall kind of walled in a little bit. But it was over. Some people describe it, I wanted to stay there and eat the burger. You can say that, but I live my life in a way that if there's things that I cannot affect, why should I worry about it? That earthquake was come and gone. If the building was gonna fall, it would have fallen already. So I just sat there, everybody ran. I thought about taking a few french fries from everybody else. But I said, no, they, they might come back inside. So I'm going to finish my burger, 
but she was pretty good. And everybody come back like, are you crazy? What? No, I'm, I'm just fine. Okay. We serve an awesome God, and he protected us at that time. It was a 6.3 magnitude earthquake. Now, please, don't live your life like me. If there's an earthquake in the building, get out. Okay. Because it's the aftershock that can knock the building down. But the burger was really good. Okay. So, I will tell you this. If you get an opportunity to go, go. You will be impacted by seeing how, how people worship in other countries in conditions that are worse than what we are today. And they still worship one God. And the other part is the impact that you have in their lives by showing them, doesn't matter what the language barrier is, but by showing them what right looks like. Okay, we went into some churches that we were like, wow. Especially the last church, when that lady, Quick story, and then I'll be done. That lady came to me and she said, when we were in the church, she said, uh, what's the order of the service? And I said, well, I'm not translating today. So they have a local translator here, but I think it's a song, a testimony, a song, a testimony, three songs. So that's two and a half hours. And she said, okay, because the ladies dance, and I go, what? They were wearing a blue color shirt. Oh, Sister Dubbit is in uniform. <laughs> so I was like, okay, they danced. And then they did what you describe in here. But then I said, well, let me talk to the pastor about this. So I called the pastor over. And the pastor was talking. He was like, okay, no problem. Got it. And then the pastor said to her, do you have a tank where we can do water baptism? And you thought that he said, I'm about to hit you on top of the head with a hammer. Is that okay? Because she said, no, 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 we can't do that. My husband is not here. And he's the head of the church. So no, we, no, no water baptism today. Guess what? They might, we have not done a water baptism. But the, patch, the pastor preached Acts 2.38 and clearly told them and gave them the scripture to back it up. And then challenged them and said, if you think I'm outside of this book, don't do it. But here it is. I gave you all the scriptures and told you and told them why you might not have the power in this church. is because you're not baptized in the correct way. And he went on and on and on and on. By the time we were done, they got it. That seed was more than planted in water. So hopefully we hear some good reports coming back from Luke and the team that say, hey, that church got converted to United Pentecostal Church and they worshiping God. One God. Amen. Gloria a Dios. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm like Brother Rivera. I lost my notes that I did in our wrap-up session, so I may be here, there, and everywhere. But uh, I appreciate our team that went. I was a little leery knowing there were 28 people going. They weren't all from our church. And I thought, eh. I wasn't sure how that would go. But everybody worked together together. Uh, awesome sister angie pearson her husband's a pastor she headed up a lot of the music and had different ones play the instruments and sing so everybody got a chance to do something and yeah this picture that you see uh uh the lady standing right next to me uh, and that her husband is kind of there in the middle that he's a pastor and that's his wife and that's their little boy Avron, just as cute as he could be um 
but the people were very hungry, very hungry. I went there and I thought, I'm going to talk in a seminar about aspiring to ministry. And then we would talk about Christian parenting. I thought, what can I give them that they don't already know? You know, that was my human thinking. <clears throat> but in the classes, they, as people said, were taking notes. Um, they were kind of quiet in ours. You'd see them shake their head, but afterwards they came up and, and just cried. The men just cried, said, thank you. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for coming. This is what we need. We need teaching. We need guidance. And that was in the church on Tuesday night, the Trinitarian Church. But um, the country of Costa Rica is beautiful. Yeah, there you see the lady in the bright blue. That was one of the dancers. Um, and Pastor didn't actually push him back physically. No, didn't clarify that. But with our worship, you know, we just made way. Um, the waterfall was beautiful. There were, I don't know, 3,000 steps probably. I don't know. But my legs felt like there were 3,000. Um, but the beauty of God's nature. And this was Randall. Awesome bus driver, backslidden Pentecost, and he was with us all week. <laughs> and I sat and enjoyed listening to Brother Rivera and Randall speak. I said I didn't know what they were talking about, but they just conversed all the time with each other. I thought, we're planting that seed in Randall. He was very um, cautious of the Sunday night church that we went to. He said, what? You're kidding. You're going there. He said, it's a bad area. He said, I'm not going to stay. I'm going to take the bus and go somewhere else. I'll come back and get you. He said, because if I stay, I'll be robbed. You know, so as we were walking through the alley, like to that church, I thought, mm, it is a little sketchy. But uh, the people worshiped. Oh, my. So several have mentioned. They out worship us. For an hour at least, you know, each church, their worship team did several songs. And then they invited our worship team up, and we did several songs. And then they're still just getting with it, and the children worshiping. This was another pastor's wife and her husband that we met at the church. <clears throat> just thanked us. Um, Brother Revere came to one. She said, I want to tell you that this is exactly what we needed we need teaching. We need structure. We we did not know it was going to be this good. Uh, very humbling. And that's Grammy. I told him my name is Lynn, a.k.a. Grammy. So, um, but to see my grandchildren there worshiping, priceless. You can't put a price on it. I said, it's worth every cookie I ever made. <laughs> but in that first slide, and this was our class. Ay, ay, ay. We were up in the balcony. And it's already hot. And they had one fan going. And then people were teaching down in the main part of the sanctuary. So we had to ask them to quiet down so they could hear us in our group. And one of the neat things that I enjoyed <laughs> was uh, this gentleman sat in front of me. And I saw that he had a hearing aid. So I said, do you sign I said, I signed a little too. So there were different things I could sign. And I, one time I said, oh, this is so much fun. Getting to sign to somebody, you know. Um, 
but just hungry. But back in that first picture, I think, that Joe had showed of the lady that was next to me, and I said, was this Pastor Wife? She came to me, I think, Sunday night service, and she brought me this. Yeah, the lady right next to me. And she said, I don't normally do this. She said that I felt to do this for you. She brought me this picture frame. Not the best picture of me in it, but that's okay. But it says, glory to our Lord Jesus. His teaching blessed our lives. Thank you for giving away a spiritual legacy. Power for our generations. Costa Rica. She put on there so special. in our class we shared how that my husband's parents have been in Pentecost and then him and now our children and grandchildren and she had us pray with them you know she said the lady in the burgundy jacket that's her mother and her father next to him in the green shirt by my husband and then that's their little boy there in the white shirt and so that they were just hungry for this teaching they wanted to be able to pass on the legacy of truth to their children and grandchildren. So, yeah, if you get a chance to go, it was a little rough on me this time. I'll be honest. My feet swell really bad. They're just now about back to normal. Uh, that's their baptismal tank. Gordon looked at that picture. I said, yeah, that's where they get baptized. You know, we take so much for granted. Even our portable one that Brother Ted sets up is probably better than that. But that's okay, you know. Four people, I think, that night were baptized in Jesus' name. So, I know I'll try to be in better shape the next uh, trip, uh, but it is well worth it. I would, I'd go again as soon as the swelling goes down, the laundry's done, I'll go again. You know, it's awesome. This was number three, and Every trip is worth it. Every Each one was different. Guatemala, the children at the orphanage just won our hearts. Uh, then Greece last year to see our young people worshiping with the children and, and young people there. Just no language barrier. You know, God makes a way. And as some, I think Sister Crystal said, like I said, I know maybe four or five words in Spanish. You know, and these people vote, know very little English. But when you're praying with them, I mean, I had a lady take my hand and place it on her daughter so that I could pray for her daughter, too. You know, they're hungry. They wanted us to pray for them and just humbling. And they made that mention, I think, to Brother Rivera that this is one of the most humbling groups that have ever come, you know, to minister to them. And it's all the prayer and fasting that we did yeah. Sunday morning when we were going to the church of he's like a superintendent of the churches um, yeah pastor warned us before we got there so you'll see some things that we don't go along with he said but this church needs a breakthrough and <clears throat> before the preaching ever started we had a breakthrough prayed I don't know how long um, then pastor preached and prayed again and at the end the pastor's wife come up and she's just in tears, just crying her eyes out and saying, I believe our church got set free today. Yeah. So God knew what that church needed. Um, but thank you for all those who bought my cookies and my cards and pumpkin rolls, whatever. You know, thank you for supporting us and helping us go. But if you can go, go. It's well worth it. It's life-changing. 
Amen. Maybe I left something for him to say. Maybe. Uh, this first picture was our uh, translator uh, that was there when we did the seminar. And uh, he's a really nice guy. Did, as far as I know, he did really good. I have no idea what he's <laughs> And this is a picture of us, our class. We we were sitting down at the beginning, but then we were on a chair, so we had to give up our chairs to, to more people kept coming up. And at first I was thinking, why in the world is Pastor having us do Christian parenting in <laughs> Costa Rica? Uh, but in our class was at least five pastors and several ministers. And uh, we, we we didn't know them before, but they come up to us afterwards and told us who they were and everything. And, uh, one of them, I said, you know, I'm sorry. I said, I forgot to mention. I said, usually I mention that, uh, you know, if I say anything different than what your pastor teaches, then listen to your pastor and, and just forget what I said. And so I said this to this pastor. He said, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to do everything exactly like you said. <laughs> so it was interesting to see their uh, their take on it. Uh, but it was just, there's just so much uh, blessing for people who uh, came up to us there. Uh this is the Sunday night church. My wife already showed you the praise singer there. So we'll, I just I gave a testimony. Pastor thought I was going to preach his message, but um, I knew I knew he was going to do. I knew he was going to do what he was going to do, and so I tried not to get on that part. But I asked him. I said, showed him in the scripture. I said, you know, uh, Jesus was standing before before Pilate, and Pilate says, "What is true?" I said, too many times people have the truth standing right in front of them, but they don't recognize it. So I was just setting him up a little bit. So. <laughs> uh, and then this is uh, after we drove the praise singers up on. They started out down here. And when Pastor and everybody started moving up, they moved up to this level. And uh, next slide. On the last song they had gone up, they joined us instead of getting in front of us. And then when it came altar time, there was five of them that came up and prayed during that time. So this was them, their little outfits that they had on. It was sad because the majority of the church was just kind of watching. It's like we got, we got praise dancers, we don't have to do it. You know, we got horn blower, we don't have to do it. We got flag waver, we don't have to do it. The sad thing is they're doing all these things and they think that's what brings the power. But the pastor realized, no, it's not bringing the power. And so... Uh, it was kind of interesting to see us talk about power. Luke had a chainsaw. <laughs> Just him in the church with a chainsaw. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, uh, uh, but they, uh, uh, I don't think I've been any prouder of uh, Pastor than I was that night. Uh, not every preacher will preach the truth regardless of who's in front of him. And uh, I'm so thankful that he's willing yes. to do it. He yes. said, Dad, you almost preached my message. I said, I'm sorry, son. I said, this. He says, you taught me. You know I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> so, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it went a little, he went any more farther than I thought he was going to go. Uh, but they, they have no excuse now. And uh, you have to realize that when you come in contact with people, uh, they're on the way to hell. So you have to make sure that you give them that one opportunity, if nothing else, to, to hear the truth and, and time uh, in order to uh, react to it. But if you don't tell them, they're not going to know. 
And so I'm so thankful that uh, uh, they, they know the truth. Uh, is there another slide? That was my interpreter with me. Uh, this was the one of the girls who got the Holy Ghost, I believe. And the next one, and this is Sunday night, this is the young man that got the Holy Ghost. And the next one, uh, I can't see it very well, but another one getting the Holy Ghost there. This is the alley we walked down to get to church. Uh, it was very dark. Uh, talk about potholes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was it was it was horrible. I, I don't know. I mean, they probably drive on it, I guess. But it was. I mean, big holes everywhere. You know, I had to get out my camera, turn on the light, watch where we were going. It was it was definitely not in a good neighborhood. And. Uh, all the windows, of course, had bars on them. Sometimes people are kind of looking out to see what's going on. Uh, but, you know, these people are lost, too. And uh, it's, it's interesting, though, that they uh, <clears throat> that we were able to go to this situation and, and talk to them. And uh, I think it was probably one of the most important parts uh, of the message. Of course, the seminar was important in its way, and, and each service that we went to uh, were important in their way. And... Um, there was just something different about each one. Uh, the one church we went to on Sunday morning, that we, we got the battle church we went to. Uh, <laughs> and we went in, and, and as normal, they had us sit up front. About halfway the service, I realized, you know, these people aren't dumb. All the fans are in the back. Because <laughs> so I'm wondering, so why is everybody sitting on the back row when we walked in? And they had four little... Four little fans like that across the back. And uh, then uh, it got so hot Sunday afternoon, uh, I mean, we were we were burning up. And I could tell the people on the platform uh, <laughs> were really, really in trouble. And so I went to my translator and I said, hey, I said, is there any way you can get a fan up there and put on the pulpit for pastor when he's preaching? Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. So he come back, he said, I got three. <laughs> and they, they brought three fans up on the platform. And I know the pressingers wish that I had done that sooner, but uh, I did remember Miguel one time. He standing in front of a fan, but wasn't turned on, and uh, I got his attention, so he could get it turned on, get pulled off a little bit. And it was, it was hot. It was hot. And uh, but it's just so thankful that we were able to go, and uh, thankful for what the Lord did. And uh, it it probably changed most of us as much as it changed them. And uh, I'm thankful, and, and like Brother Miguel, if you have an opportunity to go, go, yes. go. If I can go at this age, you can go. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm always the old man of the group, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. And it was, uh, at one point, four grandchildren over here jumping up and down, praising the Lord. Another one's up with the praise singers uh, worshiping, and it just... Uh, it was powerful. It was powerful. I thank the Lord for it. All right. I have the most pictures, but the shortest testimony. Okay. Um, I really just want to share the fact that um, 
it, it definitely, like you've heard already, it will change your perspective. We are so spoiled in America. Right. You know, I knew this going over there, but until you actually go over there and experience it, right. it's it'll do you some good. It'll change your perspective. It'll put life in perspective for you. Um, so I just want to share one uh, story. I told them, I said, I don't sing. Um, I do, but I don't do it in a microphone. Um, I... I don't preach, I don't, you know, I don't even consider myself all that great of a teacher, but I can put up with kids, so that's what I took with me. Um, but when we got there, um, Sister Amy Yardinichek and I both did a teaching, actually, pastor told us we were going to be teaching teachers, and then about two weeks prior to leaving, he said, no, nah, just plan a kid's service, you'll just have the kids, you'll entertain the kids, you'll do, you know, King's Kids over there. Okay, so we stopped working on those notes, got our lessons together. We get there, and I talked to the translator right before service starts. He's like, no, you're teaching the teachers. I was like, okay, that's that instant in-season and out-of-season one. I start scrolling for my notes. I'm like, all right, I started those. I started those. Um, but I felt like they had um, a pretty good grip on how to do their King's Kids. Um, maybe not every single person in the room, but... A lot of what we brought out and a lot of what they shared with us, they're, they're on the right track. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I didn't really do much to this. You know, they, they pretty much got this. And after our uh, second session, there was a coffee break in between our second and third session. And um, there was a gentleman that said, you know, hey, I can't be in your, your next session, but you're going to be doing more teaching to the teachers. Can I ask you a few questions? I'm like, sure, I don't like coffee anyway, no problem. Me and Javier, we'll stay up here, we'll get this done. Well, he proceeded to tell me that he has three kids. One of them is seven, the other one is three, and the other one was one. And he wanted to know what he could do at home to help his kids uh, fall in love with Jesus and learn about God because he was divorced and he doesn't get to bring his kids to church. So there's not that exposure to a Sunday school or anything like that. And so Amy looks at me and she's like, you got this? I'm like, well, I have lived it, yes. I don't know how successfully, but I have lived it. So we just basically were able to share with him some of the same things we do in King's Kids to make it fun for them to learn about Jesus and King's Kids at church are the same things he can do at home with his kids. So I thought that was cool because, I mean, he sat there and he took notes like crazy because he was just so hungry. And you could see the, the hurt and the sadness in his eyes because when I mentioned, you know, take every opportunity you can and get him to church. And he's like, I can't. I can't bring him to church. So it's just what I have them at home. And I was like, well, then do the same things we do at King's Kids. And we went through a lot of the notes we had done in our previous session. So I thought that was cool. I have a lot of pictures of the kids, obviously. Um, you know, they're my favorite part next to the zip lining. That was awesome. Um, even scaredy cats went and <laughs> loved it when they were done. Um, so yeah, if you if you get the opportunity to go, you need to go. It will it will definitely change your life. It'll put your life into perspective. It'll help you grow, and hopefully, even if you don't have a lot of talent, you're still gonna bless somebody while you're over there. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. 
So this was my third mission trip, getting to go with the Crossroads to another country. And this was by far like the biggest mission trip I've gone on. We had 28 people in total go. And one like quick fun fact, a third of the people that went were my age or younger. So that was really cool yeah. that we had the youth, the young adults, younger adults, sorry, Vanessa, um, that were going. Um, speaking of Vanessa, uh, one really cool part about that was just getting to really connect with a lot of the people on the trip. And uh, that's something that you don't hear a lot of testimonies about. I think Vanessa did touch on it. But going as a group, you have to be with that group yeah, of people exactly. for a week in and out. And you have to yeah. minister with the people. You have to eat with them, have fun with them. And this was the most awesome group to do that with. Um, so I, I encourage you to go to minister, but also you're going to make connections that are going to last a lifetime. And that's, that's really priceless. Um, but anyways, we had an all-star ministry team go. Literally every single person that went was used from little Ashton, not that little anymore, but he was the youngest that went all the way up into the Dummets or elder. They went, and it's just every single person got to minister in their own way. Every need that we had in the church, it got filled. We had prayer warriors. Sister Petra was there, and, and they gave testimonies of like, oh, I didn't know how in the world I was going to be used. I'm like, how in the world did you not know? You were a prayer warrior, and they brought it, and they, they were working the altars. It was just awesome to see how the team came together. And one of, the thing, uh, one of the things I just wanted to share um, in detail about the trip was specifically my favorite service to be a part of, and that was Sunday morning in a place called Guadalupe. So what happened on Sunday morning is because our team was so large, we had the ability to split up into two groups. Half of our team, a little bit over half of our team, went to Pavas, and um, the other half stayed in Guadalupe. And that was a lot of the people from our church saved in Guadalupe, Vanessa, John Wayne, um, just several of the dominant pastor. And, and it was really interesting because I'll, I'll fast forward to after the service, we got together um, with the rest of our team and it was the afternoon service. And I started hearing some things and they're like, wow, our church was awesome. Papa's was so cool. Man, they served us this food. It was great. They had a servant's heart. It was just like, whoa, oh my goodness, they're praised you. Wow. And I was thinking, whoa, we did not have anything like that of an experience in Guadalupe. I was just like, there, there are kids even did a presentation for it. I'm like, what in the world? Okay, so now I digress. Why in the world was Guadalupe my favorite service? And here's why, because it, it just, it floored me uh, on a spiritual level how this church needed something and how we got to be a part of that when we went. And the thing was, whenever we went to Guadalupe, we split up, we were in a smaller uh, bus going on our way to this church, and pastor kind of told us a few things of just like, you know, you might see some things, a couple other people alluded to it that you're not used to, it might be something like, why are they doing this or that? And on our way to that church, Sister Angie Pearson, if you've never heard of her, she's in Kentucky, she's an amazing worship leader, and she was talking about how the night before, on Saturday night, she was up in her hotel room praying. She was in spiritual warfare about going to this church because she felt like there was just this bondage. There was something keeping this church back. And she was telling us about this right before we got ready to pray and prepare for the service on this bus. 
and she was going in in detail about it, and just like how her heart was crying out for it, and how we just really need to bring it and be unified in this service. So we get there, and wow, it was an experience, because their, their worship team, every other worship team we've gotten to see up until this point was just amazing. And there's just, there was something off, like the, the people weren't in key, the, the, the musicians were just doing weird things. When I got there, I actually had to tune the bass to be even close to the right um, key. And I was just like, what is going on with the worship team? The, uh, Brother Luke, the missionary, told us later, this church just was not where they needed to be, spiritually or in their music, in their standards even. You would see someone on the platform that should be in a leadership position just dressed completely immodestly. It's like, what's going on? And we saw that, yeah, there was some spiritual things that just need to be broken down in this church. So we came, and as Brother Miguel said, we got to be an awesome example to them it, by the grace of God to show them how it's done right. In other words, just being prayerful, being together, being unified in how we worship, being you know uh, intentional about it. And they got to see it, and it was great to be a blessing that way. But beyond that, Pastor came, he preached the word. This was the uh, service that he was talking, and he was talking about going the seventh time. You go the sixth time, six is the number of man. It's not good enough. That's how much humans can do. But when you go the seventh time, you're really trusting in God. You're really trusting God to break through the bondage. You're trusting in him to break through and really get somewhere uh, spiritually. And what was just amazing to me in that was that that's exactly what happened in that service. It, that's exactly what happened. And, you know, we're feeling it. We're, we're worshiping. We're praying at the altar with people, and God is moving, and you can tell. But it wasn't until after the service, which several people alluded to, the pastor's wife came up, because the pastor was traveling at the time. But the wife uh, of the pastor there came up, and she gave this testimony about how our group had an effect on their church. And I have a video that will play and uh, end my testimony for this.
but not least. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens. This was my first missions trip outside of the United States military, of course. Um, I did spend plenty of time in the Middle East, which is totally, totally different than Costa Rica. Um, like a lot of people had mentioned previously, this trip was not without its spiritual warfare. Um, for a lot of you guys that know, my family has been struggling um, with my mom being diagnosed with cancer. And it reared its ugly head the week before we were getting ready to leave for Costa Rica. Um, and we weren't even sure whether or not we were going to be able to attend. And we were trying to figure out, God, what are we going to do? How are we going to tell pastor and all these people that we can't go with them? And we entered into a great big amount of prayer trying to figure out exactly what we were going to do and how we were going to manage and how we were going to make it. And we were preparing a funeral and we were just going through so much that we still don't really know how we made it through and came out on the other side better people. So let me just tell you right now, if you have doubts that you can attend a missions trip, stop doubting yourself. Have faith in God that he will provide for you and he will make a way for you to go and minister to someone else that's in need of what you have. I've been sitting here listening to everybody talk, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be too serious the entire time, because there were a few comical things that actually did happen during the trip. Um, the first one you'll see was during the earthquake. This is Brother Rob Yodner check, by the way. And Rob, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but I had to put it out there. So we had uh, quite a few people that were into memes the whole time we were there, and they turned Rob into one here. So when the rumble in your tummy is more important than the rumble under your feet. <laughs> um, so Rob is the only one that grabbed his basket of food and walked outside. And he's out there eating, and he's like, man, that was a pretty bad earthquake, wasn't it? And he's just eating because we were so hungry after that service. And then the next picture I have here is this is what Brother Miguel was talking about. This is Brother Luke with a chainsaw plugged in in the church. Now, I don't know how many of you guys know this, but when we were remodeling our church here in Louisville, Brother Luke was on deputation at the time, and he came here to be with us as we were doing a remodel. Destruction is number one when it comes to Brother Luke Campbell. And I was kind of concerned because there was a cross in the corner of this church. And I was thinking he was going to go over there with that chainsaw. And he was just going to take care of the cross in this Trinitarian church. And I was like, well, you know, if it's the Lord's will, Brother Luke is going to make it happen. But, you know, all told, there was just so much good that happened on our trip that... If we all tried to describe it, 
we would be here hours upon hours upon hours and we would probably blow the four-hour service out of the water um, but my last picture this is why we go these souls are why we go these are people that need us they need Jesus they need God in their life and we are that shining beacon for them this is the reason why we give up our time and our money so we can go and pray so we can go and play so we can sing so we can minister so we can provide our testimonies to someone that may be just as broken as we were when we came into yes. this wonderful church. Yes. These people connect with us. They connect with our testimonies. They connect with the power that we have in prayer. That last service that Pastor preached on Tuesday if you are friends with him on Facebook I highly urge you to go and rewatch that video because it's not just for Costa Rica right here in the United States in Louisville Kentucky we need to tap into the power we need the power source now more than ever and that power source is Jesus Christ Without him, we will not make it in this world. We need God to help us every single day. If you're not tapped into the power, today is your time to get tapped into the power. I know we've went long today and you've listened to everybody talk and there was just so much wonderful things that happened in Costa Rica. But I tell you, Right now, in this moment, today, you need to tap into the power of Christ. He will change your life. I'm not just saying it to say it like every other preacher. He changed my life. He took me out of my drunkenness and opened my eyes. He brought me from the dark into the light. I can stand here and tell you today, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you have a walk in your life today, you need to run to this altar. And you need to beg Jesus to give you assistance. And the second that you open yourself to God, God is going to open his heart to you and he's going to pour the Holy Ghost into your life. And you're going to talk about joy unspeakable. Things unimaginable happening. It can happen to you right here, right now, tonight. Don't be scared to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus loves you. And Jesus wants to be your assistance tonight. This altar is open.